Hello, Bizarre Story Junkies. If you're listening right now, you're tuned in to the Bizarre AF, where we talk about the strange, the absurd, the unknown, and things that are Bizarre AF. I'm Kevin, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Keep an open mind, keep a skeptical ear, but keep listening to the facts as we take you on our newest journey, the spirits of Flight 401. always and i wouldn't have it any other way my co-hostess with the mostess (laughs) (laughs) is alicia hey girlfriend hey 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 how are you doing babe you know what i'm doing great especially today i think that um one cocktail in hand oh my gosh yes let us have a (laughs) there we go oh you can't even see it there we go witches wait there we go Mm. <laughs> Taste test. Mm-hmm. Mm. Witch's brew. Witch's brew. That's what we're drinking today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm super stoked for today. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm great. I I'm ready for this podcast. Have yeah. my like flight stewardess Perfect. top on. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really stoked to hear. Why didn't I put on my stupid captain's uniform? Do you have one? I have an Air Force. I should put my Air Force on. <laughs> wait, wait, we have to restart. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> okay. Great. So um, this story that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. it's about bad luck and tragedy, cover-ups and conspiracy and spirits and ghosts. Ooh, that's like everything we want It is like a talk. potpourri of, of goodness. Of, of good bizarre <laughs> as fuck yes. shit. <laughs> So you ready for some ghostly goulash? I I was born ready. Okay. (laughs) So in December of this year, it will actually be 50 years since this plane crash of Eastern Flight 401. This is the 50th anniversary. This year? This year. Wow. And so I'm going to take you through the events that happened before the leading, the kind of the before the flight, Mm -hmm. during the flight, and then the disastrous crash of the flight and then we're going to talk about things that have happened after the crash. Ooh. So we're, it's like a full It's the whole story. spectrum of like history involving, involving this. Yes, it's going to be beginning to end. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to touch on, like I said, all kinds of little pieces of the things we love to talk about. Yeah, because... Uh, you know, just just hearing about it, like the Eastern Airlines. I've I've never heard of Eastern Airlines. You that, haven't? No. <laughs> oh my god, I feel so old. <laughs> Fuck me. So, so, so Eastern well, Airlines was yeah clearly before your time. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> well, you know what, Kevin? I I would never guess it was it was during your time because you look so. Oh, bless dead. your heart. But what is 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 it? It, it was a huge, like, major commercial airline, right? It was, yes. So, like any, like, Southwest or, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Sorry. In the United I, States? Yeah, well, it was, in, yeah, it was a U- U.S. 
airline. I can't remember where they flew predominantly, if it was actually Eastern, you know, like the oh, East the Coast. Eastern side, yeah. yeah. I think there was even a Western Airlines. I'm trying to think back. I think well, there might have been. Okay. Maybe they merged and became like Maybe. Southwest. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Southwest Airlines. <laughs> Northwest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to, can you see that? This is, look at this hair. That does, is not a hair. Does, oh. <laughs> anybody know what that's from? <laughs> it seems like it, there was, must have been a ghoul sitting a in here. Some kind of dead ghoul. Some kind of dead ghoul <laughs> thing with like amazing hair. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> Um, this happened, so it was 50 years, so 72. Yeah. 1972, when this happened. okay. And so on August 18th, 1972, to be specific, there was a Lockheed, and they call them L-1011 Tri-Stars. That's the type of plane. Mm. Uh, and it was delivered to what was then a very popular airline, Eastern Airlines. Right. Um, this aircraft was actually the 10th Tri-Star to be delivered to that company Eastern. okay they had ordered kind of a fleet right um now this air this particular aircraft was going to be the one that would support the new york jfk to miami route oh okay okay it was very mm -hmm. it was going to be for that route now on friday december 29th 1972 this eastern flight 401 boarded it taxied it departed all without incident everything was normal 9.20 in the evening on East Eastern time. Okay. It was going to fly to Miami. There were 163 passengers on board uh -huh. and 13 flight crew. Okay. Well, it's a pretty... 13 flight crew. That's a pretty... That's a big crew. Well, this was a fancy, dancy, state-of-the-art at the time aircraft. Wow. Like, it was the bomb so they were not packed in like sardines like we are in, i'm sure on they frontier weren't no. flights or in fact if you go online you can actually see some of the maps of the of the interior and it looked pretty cozy okay. i mean not cozy like but like comfortable yeah you were comfortable <laughs> you probably got dressed up before yeah. you got on the flight those were and the so days just wearing, God, <laughs> yeah, <damn>. yoga pants <laughs> right your tweed swaths <laughs> Camel toeing out through your, <laughs> your <tweet> <laughs> stupid. Um, okay, so the flight was under the command of Captain Robert Loft, who was fifty-five. He was a veteran pilot. He was ranked actually fiftieth in seniority at Eastern, so he had you know really lo a lot of experience. He mm -hmm. had been with the airline thirty-two years, over twenty-nine hundred hours of flight time, and on this particular. Um, aircraft he had over 280 hours so if oh. you figure two hours of flight i mean that's a hundred and some odd flights i mean tons so, of super experience. experienced super yeah. experienced um his flight crew was first officer albert stockhill he was 39 he had uh, over 5800 hours of flying experience and 306 of them on this particular aircraft all very experienced people there was a flight engineer, Donald Repo. He was 51. He had 1,500 hours of flight experience and 53 hours on this particular L-1011. Okay. Now, there was actually a company employee on this flight. Uh, he was a technical officer, uh, Angelo Donetto. He was 47, but he was actually deadheading to Miami. Mm. And for those who aren't in the airline business, <laughs> <laughs> um, deadheading is the practice of an uh, airline employee who's flying free of charge on a normal passenger trip so that they can be at the right place at the right time to start their shift. That's what deadheading is called. And Angelo was on this particular flight going to Miami to start going to be starting his shift, I believe, the next day. 
flight totally routine. Everything right. was totally routine. It's about eleven thirty-two in the evening, and they're starting to to prepare for their final approach to Miami. Mm-hmm. So after the after they lower the the landing gear, the first officer Stockhill noticed that the indicator that confirms that the landing gear is down was not illuminated. Now the problem with planes back then is that everything was analog, like like it was literal light bulbs right. behind a plastic window, yes. right? Uh huh. So, like, thank God we don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, but this, the bulb for that particular indicator, come to find out later, was just burnt out. So when they lowered the landing gear, it lowered, but that little light was burnt out, so it didn't say I'm down. Right, so they're That's thinking F. they're like, okay, the landing gear is not going down. Fuck, and when and they're smart enough to go, okay, well, is it just the bulb? Okay, so they're like trying to take it out and go, you know, trying to disassemble the the dashboard right. for lack of a better while term. the flight's going on. <laughs> yes, all these people are in the back, like, oh yeah, uh, like, can I get another one cocktail? more glass? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and the flight crew's like, fuck, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so okay, I have a question about uh-huh. this. Yeah, so. We have these light bulb testers for, I don't know, Christmas lights. <laughs> so wouldn't you think they would, yeah, where you like, you put it in there. Uh-huh. Wouldn't you think that they would have like some kind of tester in the cockpit? So could too? you imagine doing that on every light bulb, number one? But oh, number no. two, it was not just a matter of like popping off the little right, plastic thing. It was like an ordeal, apparently. Stupid oh God, design. Yeah. It's really stupid design, especially especially when some that can be such a huge deal. Huge. Like, you're like, oh, uh, we can't land the plane. Clearly. Yeah. We're, we're talking about clearly <laughs> okay. it's a big deal. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that today they can just push a little button and look at a camera that's mounted at the bottom of the plane, go, Oh yeah, the landing gear's down. They didn't have that right. either. Yeah, just like like when we're backing up in our cars, yeah. we have a camera, we can see what's behind us. Hello. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> so the pilots are cycling the landing gear repeatedly yeah. trying to go, okay, is it, it's not going down. It's not going down. Well, maybe it is going down, but we just don't know it's going. To, so they're, you know, they're concerned. Right, 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 right. <laughs> we may not have landing gear. <laughs> yeah. We have to just slide right on in. Uh, slide into home. <laughs> oh my God. So Captain Loft tells the tower at this point that they're going to discontinue their approach. Um, clearly we, Potentially have no landing gear. So we're just going to go ahead and not land right now. (laughs) So um, they said, go into a holding pattern. Oh, okay. So they make them do that whole Mm loopity loop. And so they have them, um, the controller says, yes, go to 2,000 feet and you're going to like do your little hold over the Everglades. Yes. Okay. Over the Everglades. Over the Everglades. So the captain tells Officer Repo to go down to the avionics bay, which is beneath the flight deck. To and they had a little small porthole that they could like look, they could go, and they could see the landing gear. Oh! But they had to go down under the plane and look through the little oh, hole. No! Oh, so like you see like the whole flight crew like walk back. They're like, you're like, what the fuck is going on? No. So I think you could get you actually get. Yeah. So I can't remember if it. Yeah, I don't know if that's. If you get to it from the front of the plane or the back of the plane. Uh, either way, it's not promising yeah. <laughs> <from> flight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so 
Then Captain Loff instructs First Officer Stockhill to put the plane into autopilot so that they can, like, focus on the landing gear. Like, right. we can't fly the plane and figure out what the F's going on. So you go put the plane in autopilot. You go down and look at the little hole in the bottom of the plane. <laughs> look at the hole. <laughs> and we're going to try to maybe pop this thing off and see if it's a bulb or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to figure it out. See what the actual problem is. That's right. So for the next 80 seconds, from the moment he... From that point, the the plane flies at the main that that the level two thousand feet. It then drops a hundred feet, which is about thirty meters, and then again flew level for about two more minutes. And at that point, it starts to descend very gradually, but they're not aware that it is descending. The they're pilots so, aren't? The pilots aren't. They're so <gasps> focused on trying to figure out the landing gear, they don't realize that the plane is very slowly descending. Oh, no. Because right, they have it on autopilot. They're yes. like, we're good. It's on autopilot. It's on autopilot. So it's like it's like when you're driving and you're you have it on cruise control uh-huh. and maybe you're not you know you're not controlling the actual uh steering wheel or whatever yeah oh, oh well, my well, god keep in mind this is 11 30 at night so it is pitch black oh it's super dark so it's They're not over like the everglades see. there's no homes oh yeah there's no homes there's no lights nothing. there's nothing to see that you're getting no idea and no idea to it. and i'm not looking at the altitude at the altimeter i think it's called i'm focused on getting this fucking panel off of this board so i can figure out if i have landing gear right right because landing like yeah it's yes <laughs> <laughs> you're like roger okay roger but also I don't know. Isn't there a fucking co-pilot? You told me there is a co-pilot there. Yeah. So, like, so the captain and the co-pilot are f- trying to focus on the landing oh gear. While is the, that the point of having a co-pilot? Well, the engineer's downstairs looking through the hole. But why do they both need to be concentrated on whether or not the landing gear? Like, well, have because one person one's like looking sure- through the manual, going, "Okay." The other one's trying to get the thing off of the 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 thing off of the bulb. The other one's trying. I mean, there's just a lot happening. And also. They're on autopilot, so it's never fucked up before. This right. is not a common like, thing. Like you right. can kind of count on it. We're just flying flat at two thousand feet. Shit, I just <laughs> we're just flying flat at two thousand feet. I don't need to care. I don't yeah. need to worry about that. Okay, sorry. I, I'm right. just I'm just uh, feeling this happening. I'm like, <laughs> it's like my worst nightmare. Exactly. Okay, so it continues to descend over the next few minutes until finally. This altitude warning located under the engineer's workstation goes off, saying mm. you're low. But uh-oh, engineer's down under the fucking right. plane. So so they don't see this warning because <gasps> it's under the engineer's <gasps> station. And Well, he's no. downstairs, and they don't hear anything. Because this is an old plane. Yeah. So um, it's not like it's not like it's coming up. Yeah, it's like not like some big screen. monitors. Yeah, bloop, bloop. yeah like no. FYI, you're getting close. Right. It's only in one area. One of little the plane. area, and he's not there. Oh my god! So, the, so the captain Loft tells the first officer Stockhill, those two are up there, to start the 180 degree turn back to Miami because now they're getting a ways out. So they need to start heading back because if they're going to be doing the circling thing, they don't want to get too far away. Right. So start the 180 degree turn and to to come back to the airport. So he tells them to do that. Well, when the first officer. In order to do the turn, he has to take the plane off of autopilot. So when he takes it off of autopilot, he's like, 
Uh, why does that not say 2,000 feet? <laughs> and so... Let's jerk it back up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so he sees the discrepancy. He's like, that doesn't say 2,000 feet. We were supposed to be at 2,000 feet this whole entire time. And so in actuality, they're well below 250 feet. Shut up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's 250 That's 25 feet? stories. That is like so, like you're right there. It's, yeah, you're, you're at the ground. Like right there. But you can't see anything because you're also over the Everglades. Can't see a freaking thing. <gasps> okay. So they're, oh my God. so I'm going to play you an audio clip. Okay. And this audio clip is the moment that Captain Loft tells Officer Stockhill to start the 180 degree turn. And when I start playing this, it is that moment until the end. The end. The end. Okay. Okay, this is hard. Here we go. Mm. (laughs) Okay, Uh, 180. Hey, we did some of the altitude here. What? Uh, we're still at 2,000, right? Hey, what's happening here? Uh, hey, what's happening here? Beep, that's how beep, fast beep. it happened. Holy shit. That's how fast it happened. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in, hopefully, first <laughs> class. Uh-huh. I'm fucking drinking my cocktail and... You don't know nothing. You know nothing. Which... You kind of go, okay, well, that was, at least they're not panicking. But we're going to talk about there were a lot of survivors. Shut up. Okay, okay. Okay. So that happened. How fast were they going again? They they were going 227 miles an hour. Fast. Fast. Okay. I mean, not as fast. When you're flying, you're like 500, I think, up there. But you're still going 227 miles an hour. That's still, That's yeah, it's fast. still pretty fast. So that was about 19 miles at the end of the actual runway because they were going to do the U-turn to come back. Right. Um. So with the aircraft in mid-turn, because he had had them, he told them to go into the 180-degree turn. When he turns, so the first thing that hits is the nose, tail. The tail. Right? So they're turning. Uh, Yes. Oh, that's right. Right? So then the tail hits the first, and then the left engine, and then the landing gear, and then the nose. And so as soon as the nose hit, it just started to tumble and disintegrated. Oh, the whole plane? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just going so fast. It just went... Somersaulting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it was... I mean, yeah, just disintegrating, splintering apart all over kind of the place. A passenger by the name of Ron Infantino okay. is on this flight, and he starts to come too. And he's, he's waking up, and he's finally getting his bearings, and he's kind of becoming conscious. When he discovers he's sitting in his chair... The seatbelt fastened, sitting in a swamp. No! Upright, completely <laughs> naked. Shut. He's completely naked? Completely butt-ass naked. Talk about a rude awakening. <laughs> oh, my 
God. Dead silent. Yeah. Because you're in the middle. Hears nothing. Like nothing. Just he could hear a pin drop, he says. Oh, my God. And he starts to feel pain. So now he's, his rib was hurting. He's got blood kind of dripping down his head. Yeah. And he's looking around and he sees all the wreckage. And in his, his he quotes, his the first thing he says is, oh, my God, we've crashed. Like he just realized. Now he suddenly realized. But ass naked in this chair. Yikes. So, is that fucking weird? I mean, yeah, that's like that's like what nightmares are made out of. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's what you think. That's your giant snowball. Yes, exactly, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but it's like it's like you wake up from it and you're like, was I was he sleeping? Was it? Was no. he actually sleeping? Before? No. Oh, he no. So he was knocked out. He, he knocked out. Right. Yeah. And trying to put the pieces together when you wake up like yes. that, you're like confusing. Oh my god. But he's still, how weird, how weird would that be if you're like sitting, you're like, okay, I'm still seated. Okay, naked in a seatbelt. I'm, I'm, I in was a on a swamp flight, naked. In a swamp, totally naked. I mean, not to be crude or rude or whatever, but like the mosquito bites. <laughs> the alligators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess alligators. I'm like, I'm like the mosquito bites would be awful. Because <laughs> how long, the question is like, how long was he seconds, unconscious? Seconds. Okay. So so he woke up pretty quickly yeah. after yes. it had happened. Yes. And he was sitting was he like submerged in the swamp? Yes, yes. Okay. It, it was like I don't think I think his- I think it was well actually I think at one point he said when I read his interview, he said it was chin deep. Chin deep. Chin deep. So you're like, oh, I'm in this like weird water. Yeah. Maybe cold or whatever. Yeah. Shock shock to your system. Shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, and you can't hear anything. Then you're can't like, oh yeah, anything. I did take a flight. I did just crash. Oh, wow. So 101 people died that night. Mm. The deceased comprised of three of the four cockpit crew. Oh my God. Two of the 10 flight attendants and 96 of the 163 passengers. So there were, that leaves 75 survivors. Wow. Of that monstrosity of a crash. And just thinking about that, like you, you wake up, even if you're like on, like you're in a flight, you wake up, you knew that you were on, you know, you're, you're heading to Miami or whatever, going to party it up. Cause yes. that's what is great about going to Miami, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> watching all the cool like outfits and shit. <laughs> so you're there and then you wake up. The, it's not like you have like a, a captain or like the whole flight crew is like, Hey, you know, our systems got fucked up. This is what happened. You are basically alone. Not only that, looking around, I'm sure that it's it's pitch black. It's not like you have a cell phone. Like you might. Well, even if he did have a pocket, his pocket's gone anyway. Well, not in well, and not in 1979. Not 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 1979. So it's like you don't have a flashlight with you. That's the other thing. They did not have flashlights. That wasn't a mandatory piece of equipment on airlines back then. So not even the flight oh attendants God. had a flashlight. So you're in a fucking swamp in uh-huh. the Everglades. Some things like a few things on fire, smoldering, wreckage, oh, right. wreckage everywhere. Yeah. And then you start hearing people moaning, moaning yeah. screaming. Potentially, I mean, come on, you're dying. probably dying. Yeah, exactly. So 
due to the some of the quick thinking actions of those flight attendants and despite their actual own injuries um a lot of them were credited with helping the passengers actually to survive oh wow um they also quickly assessed the situation and began yelling out to the other survivors. Like if you have a, cause you could smoke on planes and stuff like that. Oh yeah. That's They're right. They're like, do not light your f- fucking lighter because there's flight fuel everywhere. Oh, I would never think about that. They did instantly and said, do what not, heroes? don't light, you know, do not strike matches or light your lighter. Yeah. Don't t- t- cause light- we would then all die. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. The smart, smart. Uh, can we give them gold meta- medals? Uh, uh-huh. Like, yeah. Can, can, okay. So, all those flight attendants who <laughs> you know deal with all the dumb bullshit, right? <laughs> we are giving you guys official gold standard oh, hero medals. I need. We need. So I have the dumbass you crazy award. Oh yeah, yeah. But these we need to come up with a hero award. You, you, you all, you fucking superstar. <laughs> yeah, award. superstar award. Yeah. yeah, I'll come up with that next time. <laughs> Um, okay, so so they did some really cool things. So they tried to calm the survivors down, and they started mm-hmm. singing Christmas carols to try to keep everyone calm. Oh, what a great idea! Keeping up people's hopes, mm-hmm. um, just doing all the you know the good things that you would hope that they would do. Um, like I said, mentioned before, flashlights weren't part of that equipment, and on the t- at the time, so they had no light. They had no source of light, so I'd do a lot of this in the dark. So we're probably saying Marco Polo. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? Marco <laughs> Polo. Oh my God, oh, terrible going to hell. All right, so of <laughs> yeah, the co- of the cockpit crew, only the flight engineer Repo, the guy who they sent down to the electronics bay, right? He was the one that survived the initial crash. He did end up passing oh. in the hospital, but he did not. He didn't die instantly. Uh, along with that technical officer Donato, who I told you about, was deadheading. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he actually had gone down into the electrical bay, come to find out with Officer Repo to help him. Oh, they we, they didn't know that at the time, but they knew that he was on the plane, and so he had asked him to come down and help him. You know, and try he's, to figure he's it out. conscious, so yeah. Thank God we have someone. Right, exactly. Fuck. Um. So the. So Stockhill, who was the co-pilot, mm-hmm. he was unfortunately he was killed on impact. Uh, Captain Loft died in the wreckage of the flight deck before he could be transported to the hospital. So he <sighs> didn't die instantly. Unfortunately, kind of. Oof. Yeah, that's awful. Um, and Repo was evacuated to the hospital, like I said, but he also later died. Do we know if they were conscious? Yes, I think um, the captain. Oh God, was. that sucks. That totally sucks. I have, um, I guess I, I wonder if he was able to remember what was going on in that moment and, Gosh. and say like, Hey, this is what happened. This is where we're at. Maybe like another question I guess I have is in the 1970s, do they have like an SOS? Were they able to, because obviously like the, um, the, uh, what's it called? The people who are watching flight control, flight control, they they knew that this flight was. They and knew then all ex- of a sudden they knew and they could see it descending. Right, because right, like, mm-hmm. yes, and yeah, so they they knew what had happened, and then it goes off of radar. So they knew clearly something was yes. wrong, which is I think how they got help pretty quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Good God. Yeah. So. 
So Repo was evacuated to the hospital. He later died from his injuries. Um, Donato was the lone survivor of that four-deck flight crew, and he ultimately recovered from all of his physical injuries. Talk about guilt. Oh, could you imagine? No. I, I could not, honestly. I really, truly could oh, not. Heartbreaking. You would think, honestly, I would think that he would have died if you were in, like, the... Not the hole or, like, the basement of the ship. Yeah. The, uh, what, what did I call it? The... Something under the flight deck. Yeah, whatever that was down there. We're going to call it the hull. Okay, the hull. <laughs> so, but the hull, like the hull of the ship, like you would think that that makes impact. But I mean, I guess the way that it fell. Yeah, because remember it, it was doing yeah, this whole side turning. turning. And mm -hmm. so it hit kind of on its side. I would never guess that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I would never, you would think, I don't know, that's some fuck. Okay, that dude has some kind of lucky clover or whatever. It was not his time. No, no. Chances are not you're in a seatbelt. Not no. Completely yeah. Completely just like open into this place that's not meant for human beings to be when you fly. Right. Yeah. Like, and he's still alive. Still alive. Wow. Yes. So the investigation discovered that the autopilot had been inadvertently switched from altitude hold to what they call control wheel steering cws in pitch mode so in this mode once the pilot releases pressure on the yoke which is the the thing that they do uh -huh. the autopilot remains in that pitch of that altitude of the aircraft until it's moved again and they think what happened is that the captain you know when they were talking or moving or doing whatever he kind of tapped the yoke. Oh, he was leaning into it to right. make so, it so, descend. So maybe he tapped, you know, forward or something, and he—that's yeah. what caused it to go boop. Okay, so now I'm going to start descending. So that's what autopilot just kept. So it took whatever that command was and just kept with it. Okay, right. why the? F I mean, thank God we're not on flights like this, and like our flights are by and large computers just flying us. Totally, which, you know, like my Tesla. Like, I mean, yes, like, they've gotten so far that it's smart enough to go. I'm not going to acknowledge your tap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're fucking not paying attention. Exactly. You're a little drunk. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know what I think is really interesting about that is like one, the precedence that it could like one, why the fuck is that even an option for a plane a to thing. do? Like it I makes, know. it makes zero sense mm -hmm. why that would even be something that would be useful in flight. I know who knows. Right. I Who mean, knows? we're here. We're here. What? <laughs> however many years later. <laughs> right. Thankfully, it's no longer a thing, probably. Right. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. You have to learn those things, unfortunately, the terrible the hard, hard way. way. Um, so. So, like, yeah, as I said, that slight pressure forward on that stick would have caused that aircraft to enter that slow descent. And again, it was a CWS system is what they called it. And so that's what happened. And so it didn't warn them that it was doing it because it assumed that was intentional. The captain wanted them to do that. Right. As you would. As you would. Uh -huh. So in an effort to save money, <laughs> mm. Eastern Airlines salvages and kept as many of those valuable components as the airplane as they could for spare parts for Shut other planes. up. So no, they didn't keep anything that was... Damaged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... <laughs> if it had... Yeah, exactly. If it has a small dent, we'll keep it. Yeah, yeah. 
it's like a can like when you're going grocery shopping you get like a dent and like like yeah. in the canned food yeah. oh it's just it's a like, dent oh it's just a dent it's fine it's not gonna hurt you or ca- cause cancer like that's totally but cool it was the Ten rust that kills you right right exactly like it's don't worry about it botulism it's totally fine like yeah not a thing it, you did get it 30 percent off right so exactly we're saving money 30% off your botulism. We're, we are yeah, we are approaching um, uh, recession, so every penny counts. Exactly. Oh, my <laughs> Thank God. Thank you, Eastern Airlines. Good God. Right? <laughs> so they want to keep these parts, and Fuck. so when they build new planes, they'll, oh, we'll just use these parts that have just not really even been used because it's a brand new plane. And so we're just going to use that part for them. So oh. a little money. <sighs> Cheap motherfuckers. So they claim, Eastern claims that these airlines, these airplanes were top of the line, right? These are the like the latest and greatest right. of airplanes. So that shit was super expensive. And so like we're trying to save money so that the passengers can save money can and save like, money. Flying comfort. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> if there's anything, if I'm flying fucking whatever, I don't care if I'm in coach. I don't care if I'm <laughs> strapped to the side of the fucking plane or in first class. Like I would prefer but like, <laughs> yeah. like give me, give me working parts that have not been in a, in a, in plane an actual crash. accident. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be really appreciative. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so they, you know, so they say if they could recover the, um, these expensive parts and restore them and clean them up and make them, you know, certified worthiness, then, you know, it saves everyone in the long run. It's a good, it's a good thing. Yes. So sure enough, they did in fact install many of these salvage parts in other planes. Uh, one example they didn't—they actually were—they were able to salvage a, a full galley, um, and put this gal a whole galley into oh this particular plane. <laughs> um, did it have blood from the from the previous uh, passengers? No, they cleaned it up. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was nice and squeaky clean. Squeaky they painted clean. they painted it over all the blood, totally and fucking bones and shit. So Eastern has never been transparent with this information. Oh my god! So it's it's difficult to under to get the full scope of actually what they did replace and what they did salvage. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But it's been very proven that they did do it. Just people, they're just not full fully There's clear no as to exactly what. Mm-hmm they did and who's yeah. where they did it yeah they're like remember that light bulb that went out <laughs> That's we, not- we did not salvage that light bulb no no the, the light bulb has been salvaged we just reworked the wiring with fucking something else faulty like no wonder why that fucking light bulb on a brand new plane wasn't working that they're probably cutting corners everywhere and that's you know what's so fucked up about that that is no different than flights today of and course today. or not even planes like you see that shit all the time yeah. when they try to pinch pennies, cut corners, save money. Oh, but it's going to save our consumer in the long It'll run. It'll save, yeah. No, they're And then just people, more. like you said, get botulism or E. coli or whatever. Or I don't know, die in a fucking plane crash. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. Ugh. So, over the following months and years, stories started circulating that employees of Eastern Airlines and the numerous passengers had reported sightings of dead crew members, including Captain Robert Loft and Second Officer Donald Repo aboard other L-1011s. What? They're literally reporting seeing them on these other L-1011s. How could that be, one might ask? 
Well, let's go into that for yeah, a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first I'm going to tell you all of the different ghost stories that people have talked about. Let's hear it. I'm ready. Okay. The vice president of Eastern Airlines, he boards a flight from New York. And he chats with a pilot on the plane. And he, who he assumed was a pilot of a, of a, of, um, of the, of this particular flight. He wasn't, he didn't know. He's just chatting. Later after the fact, he recognized that the pilot he'd been speaking to was Bob. Shut up. What were they talking about? Do we have like any details as far as that? Never went into details about what they were talking about. But just that he was chatting up with Bob. It's like, oh yeah, um, you know, yeah, hope we have it. Yeah, Do you like you like your job. Are you cool? <laughs> yeah, like where are you flying to tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever like I don't know? Have you ever been to Miami? Crashed? Yeah, have you ever been to? <laughs> you want to go on to a flight to Miami? Go down with the ship. Exactly. Fuck. Oh my god. That is what that's what nightmares are made out of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have this ghostly fucking pilot who's like. <sighs> You want to go down with a ship with me? It's like, no, Bob. Nobody wants to no, go down. No, Bob. No, nobody wants to, to go down with the ship. That is an antiquated fucking thing. No one wants to do. And what we'll find out here in a little bit is that Bob was actually like not trying to haunt people. He was trying to protect them. Oh. He was basically, he was trying to say, you're on a plane that has some used shit. He right. was like, he felt guilty. His spirit felt guilty. Ah, so it's like he's trying to prevent he's what happened to, to him. He's trying to stop it. Yes. Happen again. And also, it was, you know, kind of his fault potentially, right? Ne- there was some negligence involved. Yes. Like he was leaning on the yeah. actual, like, I don't know, steering well, like wheel. Like you, one wouldn't think to look at the altimeter when you're on autopilot, but right. clearly that was a human mistake. Yes. It was human error. So he's trying to potentially right yes, some wrongs in exactly. order to cross over. Yeah, yes. That's the thing. A lot of these spirits were stuck on this plane. They could not they, go beyond. Well, they didn't even know that they were dead. Uh huh. Right. Because it happened. So you said 250 feet. That's right. 25 stories. Boom. Fucking done. Boom. How would you ever, you would never think. You might not you know. Would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you might not know. Well, remember, um, Ron didn't know he was in a plane crash until after a few That's minutes. Right. right, until he's like, you know, chest deep in fucking swamp water. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God, it, oh, I'm having some pain. And these flight attendants are saying, don't let your fucking sink. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm waking up to silent night. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be the that worst is a one. nightmare. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> Um, so another time, a captain was asked to check on a passenger in first class who was a, a pilot. It was in a pilot's uniform. Um, and the senior flight attendant said that he was, like, dazed and unresponsive. And when spoken to, he wasn't on the passenger list. And again later, the captain re- recognized him as a Bob. A Bob. No, the Bob. Bob. <laughs> a Bob. <laughs> The Bob. <laughs> uh, a flight attendant on a New York flight to Miami. She opened up an overhead locker because a, a bin, because a customer had wanted something. Yeah. She saw Bob's head. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, so, like- so much so that she flew back into the passenger seat because it scared her so much because she I literally saw a head. Dude, this is like Beetlejuice. 
Yeah, <laughs> totally. This is like Beetlejuice. Yes. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Bob, Bob, Bob. And he exactly. fucking appears. <laughs> right. Um, so on another flight, a flight attendant saw Dawn's face on the oven door and like in that galley. So she called two crew in to see what she had witnessed to, to make sure that she wasn't like she wasn't crazy. crazy. And yeah. they saw him. And then, uh, and he said, and he said, Watch out for the fire on this plane. What? And on the returning flight, that engine on that plane failed and had to be shut down before it caught fire. What the fuck? So these captains are like, like you guys are like flying on planes that had my broken shit in it. Yes. So careful. Yes. So it's it's almost like it kind of feels like um like. Like they're trying to not repent, but like prevent something that had happened to them from how it's almost like they're like guardian well, angels or like watchers. Well, like you said, or I think they they couldn't cross over. They weren't there was they weren't in peace. A penance, paying a penance, or trying to make up. Yeah, for maybe something. they felt so guilty. Yeah. Again, it, bottom line, human error. Right. Right. So yes. maybe they did. Maybe they were like, I can't go because. I have to make sure that these to, people... I have to... Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so here's another one. One day, a crew were in a cockpit discussing airplane stuff when they discovered Don sitting right next to them. And then he warns them of this faulty electrical circuit. And they're like, what the hell? Like, what? Well, they decided to go check it out. And so they went and... Just, okay, well, we'll go look at whatever this because they were confused. They're like, right. "What am I seeing?" Yeah, they did, in fact, discover a faulty circuit. They found it and they replaced it. Okay, so if you're in a small like they, they, these these pilots were well known, this was a huge plane crash, right? Yes. So I think that word probably spreads, saying like, "Hey." Bob and Don are fucking telling us that like things. Oh, so, yes. like FYI, you know, if you see Bob or Don, Start listen. listening. Yeah, make, make, sure, <laughs> make sure you listen to what they're saying. Right. Because they're calling some sh some real shit out. Exactly. Holy shit. So like out of curiosity, how long was this going on? Years. Years. Yeah. So, so this is, so so folklore, like like this is something that is building. People know. People are really starting to know. And pay attention. Starting to know about this. And it's almost probably welcomed if you see, well, not welcomed, like you're like, fuck, our plane could crash. But like, right. but you're like, like, hey, they're warning us. God, I hope I see Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I don't see Bob, then I could be dead or everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> one or of everything's two. fine. Um, so Bob was seen doing free pre-flight checks on the aircrafts um, and told the ground staff it would be okay as he'd already had completed the flight checks. And the pilot was so unnerved by what had happened, he just completely canceled the flight. I would too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you, what, um, wait. You're like, you completed, wait, what? He comes at, Bob's like, and now I got it, hey, it's all good. Hey, uh, hey John. Don't worry about it. I already checked everything out. It's like, bitch, good. you fucking made your flight. Like you, you were pushing on your fucking steering wheel and made the flight descend anyways. I do not count on you to make sure that our fucking flight check is okay. I would be, I would totally cancel it. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, uh -huh. right? this is not something I want to fuck with. 
Crazy. Yeah, too crazy. Fuck. So here's the last <sighs> one. So while in a cockpit one day preparing for the flight, a pilot heard loud knocks from under the floor underneath him. And when he opened that trap door, which is where they had sent a repo, mm-hmm. um, Don looking right at him, who then promptly immediately disappeared. And he wanted to look further. And so he went down, the pilot went down there to look, and he actually found a problem down there that could have caused a problem with a serious problem with the flight. So had he not seen Don's face, he wouldn't have seen this potentially bad problem. So the moral of all of these stories is they weren't there to be creepy or haunty or weird. They were doing this to help people. Yeah, to make sure that they didn't make the same mistakes that they had. That's right. 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 It's almost like, like, okay, so here's here's a question mm-hmm. that I have for you is like, when you're kind of, I guess, paying penance or whatever, mm-hmm. like, is that is that one of those things that you feel like you you need to do? Like, do you feel like, do you feel like, um, I have unfinished business? And I need to make up for a, a mistake that I made. And so I'm going to spend all this energy, th- all this time. I think that's some of it. I think, yeah. like you had said before, they weren't they weren't ready to die. They no. didn't know. Maybe some of them may not have really even realized they were dead. In fact, there's one woman that we'll talk about here in a minute who I don't, a uh, passenger who I don't, who I don't think knew was dead. Oh, and God. so... I think that's just it. They had felt such guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, over a hundred passengers, right? That mm-hmm. died. Yeah. So you didn't just kill yourself. It's one thing. It's one thing if you make a mistake and you're the person that ends up passing away, but you kill people. It, if you kill people or even like having, I think that there could be a lot of guilt potentially if you have such, cause that's okay here's the thing energy right like Mm -hmm. something traumatic um an extreme there's like an energy signature or there's like like you can go to like um the twin towers in new york city Mm -hmm. like the memorial and people say god it's a really weird feeling here i can feel the extreme like uh the extreme feelings and stuff and like there's a there's there's just there's just something odd there you have a place like, uh, or or a, a situation like this where it was incredibly sudden. It was a total accident. A lot of people had no idea that they, you know, had even died or whatever. Mm-hmm. The the energy that's associated with that yes. is interesting, and I think that that could be like something that I don't know. Oh no, that is that is absolutely something. And in fact, um, there is something called psychometry we had we discussed that on our communication spirits can connect to physical objects that energy can connect to physical objects um and that's what i really think happened here is that these these pieces and parts i get put on all these other planes and so the these energy energies are of connected that, to these pieces that are on these planes. Right. That traumatic experience that the energy of that trauma mm-hmm. is in the plane, these these existing planes yes. themselves. So why wouldn't you warn mm-hmm. someone like there's something right. wrong? I, I mean, 
if, if I'm a ghost, I would most certainly do something like that. I want to make think sure. So you would hope so. You'd hope so yeah. if you had enough. But I think I think part of it, just a theory of mine, is like part of it has to do with that extreme, like unknowing, mm-hmm. extreme situation where a shitload of people die and there's like a huge loss. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like that's a huge part of it where that mm-hmm. can take on and like for years afterwards, totally flight crows. Agreed. Yeah. I don't know. So after these sightings didn't stop, the crew was encouraged to report every single incident pertaining to this flight aircraft in the logbook on the plane, no matter how big or how small. So there's this log book that they have on planes right. and, and they were encouraged to log everything. All of the supernatural stuff that was yes, happening. Yes, anything out of the ordinary, they were told to log. Um, there were a lot of sightings that were recorded in these flight books. I mean, it, and across all the, pl- uh, you know, many of the planes, right? So imagine these flight books, and there's just all these, like, logs. Um, and so we know this not only from the numerous reports are eyewitnesses right from people that are who report it um but then the sightings were reported by the flight safety foundation publication (laughs) um and of course this is to the extreme disapproval of eastern airlines of course it is (laughs) eastern airlines is like uh yeah yeah no no we don't want to know we don't want people to know that we have like ghost parts on our fucking existing no (laughs) no okay so now suddenly eastern airlines ceo is dismissing all now they're suddenly dismissing all these claims and saying it's a a bunch of nonsense and quote garbage um and so now the crew is warned do not talk about the sightings do not report the sightings do not document these sightings and do not Uh. spread any words of ghosts and if you do you will be fired fucking eastern airlines (laughs) god damn so now guess what the log books disappear Bum 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 are gone. <laughs> oh, they all disappear. All of these. So all these stories that they're having. Yep. Are now lost. That they had all logged. Uh huh. Yep. All gone. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you had that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So now Eastern Airlines is like, f that. This is not real. Uh, so they're what they're in what they feel like is a complete PR nightmare, um, and while they're publicly denying that their planes were haunted, they decided they would go ahead and remove all. They said like we're not we're not haunted, <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and take those parts out of those other planes that so we. They knew exactly where they placed them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fuckers. we're gonna we're gonna take that shit out. We're going to replace that with some, some new stuff because they probably need repaired anyway. <laughs> probably if you're Eastern <laughs> Airlines, yeah. Then guess what happened? Goes away? Goes away. Okay, here's the thing. I'm looking from a marketing perspective, from a marketing standard, okay? Now, would you? Let's say, okay, it's like... We're having like like um, all these weird things. We are going to design a plane with like a bunch of new parts, but like some of them are going to have like these weird ghostly apparitions potentially attached to it. Would you fly on a flight like that? If it had apparition, yeah. 
Because I would. they're not gonna they're not gonna <laughs> crash the plane. That's not their intent. No, their intention is to make sure that you definitely do not crash. I think that you could make a shitload of money. Eastern Airlines, like no wonder why missed you're no out. longer. Yeah, you definitely missed out. Like <laughs> say, ooh, haunted flights. Are you gonna see Bob or Don? Yeah, like exactly. let's have a fucking resident psychic on the fucking on the flight. Right. We'll do fucking tarot cards and like, you know, Ouija board sessions. Oh. <laughs> like like this could be a great thing. Uh-huh. Eastern Airlines blew it. They blew it. Just like one creepy flight. Yeah, you, you don't know? have to do you it on all of them. No, no, no. You could yeah. use the same plane. Just don't say it's a creepy one. Exactly. You know, it's like, this is a very it. specific flight. Yes. That we are. That is this yeah. the experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an entire like experience. We're going to go somewhere creepy. Like, I don't know. Charleston, South Carolina. Or yeah. Charleston. I, I, South Carolina? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. I'm going to listen back and be like, God damn, Alicia, you're so stupid. <laughs> okay. So Bob and Don. Yes. Never seen them from again. They're gone. They're gone. Because all those parts are gone. They're potentially. Ha they're happy. I guess. Yeah. They're like, okay, now we're good. Now we can, now we can rest. Now we can rest. Mm -hmm. So did it happen instantly? Like, was it over time? I mean, we're ne we're ne we'll never know for sure, right? Did it, like, happen that way? Like, I took it off, they're gone. Took it off, they're gone. I mean, right. I, I don't know. Whatever. But they're gone. The point is they're gone. Um, and either way, these employees of these planes, they said that the sightings had stopped. Passengers were no longer reporting them. So, it's something. Yeah. There's it's, something up. It's something. Yeah. So there are like a shitload of books and TVs, movies about this. I have never heard of this. Isn't before. it crazy? It's crazy. It's crazy. I've never heard of this. Ghost of Flight 01, 1976 book. Crash, 1977 book. Crash, the movie starring William Shatner, 1978. Oh my God. Yes. Live long and prosper, bitch. <laughs> Ghost of Flight 401. Ernest Borgnine, 1978 film. What? Ghost of Flight 401. Bob Welsh, 1979 song. Ghost of Flight 401, 2022 documentary, which is kind of what made me come to this yeah, to talk about story. this. Yeah. Um, and that particular documentary had this guy named Steve Shippey and a medium named Cindy Caza, who's mm. also a psychographer. She does psychography. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, she does spirit writing. I mean, she does all. all she does everything. it all. Yeah. Um. So she she seems to me the, like the very same kind of person like uh, Tyler Henry. You know how he does the yes. He does the it's spirit kind of spirit writing, writing. Automatic writing, and he also holds on to an item. Yes, and he can from, touch things. Yes. Yes. So she seems very similar in, in skill in that as he does. Okay. So in this documentary, this medium Cindy, uh, he takes the Steve guy. He takes her to the Everglades, in Ugh. in one of these, one of those um, boats that those oh like the, the big with fans. the propellers or yeah, like yeah so yeah they can go over the water. We'll and call the, them skimmers. I don't think yeah, that's I <laughs> that's a cute name what for it. <laughs> um. So he takes her into the Everglades, and but he isn't doesn't take her directly into the site. He just takes her into the general vicinity. Uh, oh, airboat, that's what they airboat, call it, as an boat, airboat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and he asks her to 
Take me to the site. Take me to your He room. asks her, who has never been there, to take to direct me to the site. Now he oh, knows so where it she's is. She's in control. Saying, he knows hey, where it is, right? Hey, here's a test. Yeah, Let's here's see if you actually time. know where you're time. going. Yeah. Yeah. Hammer parents taking me there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're weaving all through the sawgrass, you know, when on this little thing. Right. And is it at night? It's during this is during the day. During the day. Right, cuz you couldn't see where you're going, so that makes right. sense. She takes him directly there. And when she's explaining it, she goes, well, that's weird. I see it, I see it here, over here, and I see it over there. And so she's confused as she's not to this. But, he's, but Steve says, well, that makes sense because it actually hit there and it ended up over there. Hmm. So he, put the, he connected those two together. Right. That way. Okay. Um. So this is where it's like, so the idea of departed souls mm -hmm. being able to retain some sort of relationship with animate objects like salvage parts right. of a plane, um, like I said, is connected to what is known as psychometry. And that's when a person can touch something uh, and obtain some sort of information or fact about that thing. Can feel its energy Feel its or energy, yeah. exactly. And so she performs this, this uh, at the levee. So in this particular uh, area... Of the Everglades, there's a levee. Okay. And so she's touching this levee, and she says she's hearing this woman just screaming, screaming for this child, screaming, screaming, screaming. Oh. And she says it's overwhelmingly loud. Yeah. Um, and she keeps, like, Cindy keeps saying these things. So, like, she'll go, she goes, window, galley, wheel, a Bell, chair, window. And so, and she keeps calling out these plane parts. And right. she goes, There's something with plane parts. Right so I'm not here. getting this thing with this plane. There's like something happening with plane parts, um, with plane pieces. And of course, then Steve goes, Well, it's because these plane pieces became integral parts of other planes mm -hmm. he's, he's, that's how he connected the two mm -hmm. and then she kept saying there was something wrong with lights there's a light or something about light malfunction there's light something wrong with lights Ooh. and he goes well yeah because yeah. The, uh, the landing gear landing light gear light was what malfunctioned fucked. yeah that's what fucked the whole plane yeah right um so then they talked to a couple of the flight attendants and Mercy Ruiz, she's one of the flight attendants. So she takes a picture of the flight attendants all together on the plane before takeoff because it was the holidays. And she's like, well, we might not ever fly together, together again. So let's all get together and like, take this picture. Back then? In the this 70s, is right before, right before the, flight. the flight takes off. Ooh. And so she takes pictures of all these flight attendants. And, and they, remember, pictures today, cameras Today we can see the instant like yeah you know, this is picture. on a film this is film film and so she takes the picture and it's eight of the or nine of the ten flight attendants because one had to take the picture right well one of the flight her she was in the picture she's like she's like going like this yeah, to like one of the ears. other flight attendants <laughs> and another flight attendant to the other one is kind of going like this and she's going. 
Oh, so like she's putting her like, hands yeah, around her like, throat and, and the, like making the dead face. Right. So the girl that got the bunny ears and the girl that got choked, those were the two that died. Shut the fuck up. That's so creepy. That's <laughs> that is so creepy, dude. I mean, is it a coincidence? I don't know. Maybe. But. But those are the two. Why did they have to do that? Don't now moving forward. If you are a flight attendant, you're listening right now and you're taking a picture before a flight. Do not do those. Don't do those things because you know, you never know. You You could be putting a fucking hex or something on these, on these other attendants. Right. That's weird. Weird. So they talk. uh, So one of the women has, Oh yeah. So yeah. So, so she's concerned, right? She's like, did we kill them? Yeah. I would feel that way for sure. And You're already in a traumatic situation. Yeah. And what's interesting is there was out of that whole destruction, there was one suitcase that was recovered. It was hers that had that camera completely intact. That's fucking weird, dude. That's very, very strange. Right? Everything else was lost. Yeah. Everything was just, just completely destroyed, shredded. Sure. But they recovered that suitcase with that camera. At least maybe her family had. Well, wait. Yeah, so that flight attendant that was survived. Still alive. Yeah, she survived. Ugh, talk about survivor guilt. No, talk about no never bueno. make like fucking like no bueno. bunny ears or. No bueno. Yikes. So now I'm going to throw out a little skepticism. Okay. Okay. And now I have nothing against Steve. Mm mm. This is my opinion, but so in Steve's documentary, (laughs) he has this, he's holding this device. Okay. And it looks like a small handheld recorder. You know, those old, you put those little bitty tapes in there and you record things. Uh It kind of looks like that. Okay. He never says what it is, but when I did research to try to figure out what that could potentially be. Yeah. It's either something called a Frank's box, a ghost box, or a Spiricom. Yes. Uh-huh. And so. <clears throat> I've heard of these. It apparently records sounds that you can't hear. Yeah. 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 It, it's like not you like with our, we have awful hearing, right? Like yes. as, as humans. So yes, we certain have really, range. Yeah. Yes. But other animals, things like that, like they're these electric voice phenomenon. Precise. EVPs. That is exactly it. EVPs. Uh-huh. Bingo girl. And so he, like I said, he never says what's in his hand, um, but he's taking this thing and he asks a question. He turns it on and he asks a question and he says, so, oh, by the way, sorry, this is the other thing that pisses me off. (laughs) Okay. Let's hear it. (laughs) They go out to the Everglades at pitch black. Okay. Like, I'm sorry. Why do you have to go out there at night? I mean, I know the answer. It's, It's called drama. It's yeah. I mean, we love drama, but. But you don't have to, to Scientific, talk, no. scientifically, you do not have to go out there and pitch fucking black. No. You're just trying to create it, a mood or an ambiance. Exactly. I mean, okay, it's TV. Yeah. Whatever. Let's make it more extreme. Whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm sorry. If I was going to be like really, truly like independence facts kind of person. Yes. I wouldn't be going out in the middle of the night where I could hardly see my equipment. No, for sure. No, it, it's, it's just, it adds to the creep factor. It's yes, not very scientific. That's what it is. Yeah. It's creep factor. So he turns on this recorder and he goes, what is your name? And he waits a minute, right? Because obviously you need to record the response. Yeah. 
And then he stops and he rewinds it and he plays and you hear like any dumb recording here. Right. Cause it's fucking stupid. Yeah. And then you hear <laughs> and he looks at the camera and he goes, Charles, did you hear that? I'm like, okay, it could, could sound like Charles. Okay, right? I'll give you that. Like, okay. So it's Charles. Fine. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to stick with you. <laughs> I'm riding I'm, on this train. I'm That's riding fine. on your train. Okay, it's Charles. You're talking to Charles. Okay. So then he turns it back on and he goes, "Charles, if you have a message, I'm open to listening to you." And then he waits. Stops. Rewinds. Plays. And then you hear him go, you know, <laughs> and then you hear, you know, you hear like, yeah, like white like noise. recordings, like, yeah. and then on the bottom of the screen, like in closed captioning, it types out, I'm the one who died in the plane crash. Bullshit. Bullshit. And, and, that- and so then he goes like this. He goes, did you hear that? This is like the best EVP recording I've ever recorded in my life. Here, listen again. And he stops, rewinds, plays. <laughs> and on the screen, it says, I'm the one who died in the plane crash. He goes, did you hear that? No, we did not hear I'm that. I'm like, literally, I did not hear that. <laughs> so it's like the power of suggestion, right? Like that's, yes. that is, if you're sitting there, you're playing something and you say, oh, this is what it says. And you'll be like, well, I guess I can hear that. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll give it to you. Like, mm-hmm. we're riding this train. Yeah, fine. Right. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I have an issue with EVPs. Like, I've never heard some, with the exception of actually a couple that I have a fr- I have friends who have recorded. I, like, typically you have, one, you're in the Everglades. Uh-huh. There are, there's a lot of animals. There's a lot of sounds. It's in a natural, ha- like, you're you're outside where there are frogs and there are, you know, I don't know, fucking toads and mm-hmm. alligators and uh, I beat, like, fucking bugs and stuff that are super buzzy. Yeah. So it's like, are we really hearing that? <sighs> I think probably not. Like, you're not. And that's not- what kills me. Because yeah. he's, because he literally said, quote, and I'm quoting you here. Mm. This is a literal quote. He says, um, this is quite possibly one of the greatest EVPs I've ever captured in my life. Bro. And I heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Kevin, that was a total EVP. Can you believe that? <laughs> that said, I'm the one who died in this plane crash. Yeah, Did that, you not hear that? That, I think that, you know, the skepticism, I'm with you on it. I, I think uh, that when it comes to that kind of shit, you have, like, people who are like, they really want to believe. And trust me, I want to believe. But you can't be outside and say it's like a, a controlled environment. That is not a controlled environment. Right. And really like the power of suggestion is incredibly powerful right yes like, like if you tell someone this is what's you know yeah, the sky's gullible. red you go no it's blue i'm like no it is red don't you see it's red <laughs> yeah. it, if i tell you you're ugly enough eventually yes. you're gonna believe you're ugly oh for sure yeah so if i keep telling you that it says i'm the one who died in the plane crash eventually you're gonna believe me yes oh for sure yeah yeah 
I'm going to listen to it over and over again. If you want to hear something, you're going to hear it. Mm -hmm. You're going to see it. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. This guy is kind of, he's, it's almost like he's taking away the validity of, of these real experiences. It felt like it. Like I wanted to believe him like, and like, oh, and he had all this great equipment. The equipment's great. And then until he did that, I am, you lost, then he lost me. He lost me on that. I think I think that like there is a fine line, right? You kind of want to create some kind of drama, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all the, these funds. Nobody, I have never heard of this flight four hundred one. Like I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're trying to create some kind of new experiences that are clearly not happening. Yes, and I, I get it. I get the drama behind it, but I mean it's really disregarding one a tragedy that happened. And then two, these real like logged items that were occurring yes. after, yes, after, you know, the crash, had, the crash had happened. Like that's legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was so unhappy about that. Um, now if y'all are, uh, I'm not judging, but if, if mm. you want to see the physical artifacts, they actually are some, um, the original floorboard from Flight 401 is in an archives in the History Miami in South Florida. Uh-huh. Um, there's pieces of Flight 401 wreckage that can also be found in what's, uh, it's called Ed and Lorraine's Warren's oh, uh, Occult yeah. Museum in Connecticut. Ed and Lorraine, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep, they have some pieces. Oh, that's So if you're interested in seeing them, they're there. They have a haunted museum. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well. The Conjuring, yeah. That's... That's Flight my story, girl. You do, know, do you have any do you have any thoughts about stuff? I do. I, I think that, that one. I've never heard of this, you know, story. Okay. It does not surprise me that like a a company um, would try to reuse these parts. It's a little scary, though, right? <laughs> like you don't want. It's disconcerting. It's super disconcerting, and you'd hope that they wouldn't be doing this moving forward. Like like right now on the flights that we get on, but it would not surprise me. No, if it wouldn't. They did that. Um, I do think there's some validity to this story. Like I. I if all of these people were having these experiences yes. that are tangible and also, Hey, th- these, these pilots and stuff are calling out equipment that's actually failing. Yeah. And we have record of replacing it. Like yes. this is legitimate shit that we can't explain. Right. It, it fits into the, into like our world of the bizarre. Yes. It so does. that's really where we need to to focus on, you know, like I think that we should focus on that and like and call that shit we can't explain, you totally. know, file that into the huge ass filing cabinet of shit we cannot explain. Right. But has has some validity. Totally. When you have people bringing out EVPs and shit, it's like, God damn, like it just kind of cheapens kinda everything. Really cheapens it. That's yeah. exactly it. So like, I've never heard of it. And I. I love that story. Good. It's so great. It had like all little pieces of all kinds of stuff, didn't it? it? D- yeah, it did. It, it had conspiracies and the cover up. The cover up. It had ghosts. Ghosts. It's kind of tragedy, right? Like mm-hmm. like some some like weird shit. Like all these things happening at once to create this yep. awful situation. But yep. yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It was a great one, Kevin. Dive into that one and it starts to get kind of juicy. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm sure there are more stories that you weren't even didn't even have time to cover. It's totally. Like, oh yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I had to had to whittle it down a little bit. For sure. Yeah, good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Good. Well, um I guess we'll 
chat again in a couple weeks. Yes. Looking forward to that, as always. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll see all you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.